HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hello, everyone. It's that time for the J. Moore Tech Talk Show, where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. And now here's your host, John C. Morley. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. It's another Friday, and Marcus, we are at the very first Friday of, yes, April. The yeah. day after April Fool's. Yeah, so uh, did you get any, get any April Fool's pranks? Uh, no, your way? I actually uh, <laughs> was uh, very alert that entire day. Yeah. I didn't catch anybody either, so uh, <laughs> yeah, which is all right. You know, I just, I just liked it that I didn't, that I didn't get into any uh, troll myself. But can you believe, Marcus, that we are in the month of April? I mean, I don't know where the heck, where did the month go? Yeah, we're, we're cruising right along here. So in about two months, we'll be midway <laughs> in no time. Well, you know, I have to say, um, the Apple chief store. Uh, finally admits that they messed up. Apple actually admitted that they did not have enough staff. Mm -hmm. And they said it was because of cutbacks. It was a mistake, they claim. And it's being reversed. And they just thought that this was going to save them money. Unfortunately, which they thought was going to put them in the black, really put them... <laughs> Slightly in the red. Yeah, it, it did. Well, at the time of this recording, they're they're back up uh, several percents, uh, a little bit. This is a leadership issue, okay? And the formula that they were originally using, it was it, it caused a, a lot of uh, shifts, you know, for their already employees to be cut. And uh, the, the retail locations were very heavily understaffed. And, you know, it, it just, they just wasn't ready to rectify this problem. And it, and it shows you that, you know, when you continue to follow under the old system and not looking to innovate that, you know, you don't care about the consumers, the customers that you work with, uh, work for. Exactly. When they talked about customer satisfaction, they can say that to their blue in the face, but I always say it really comes down to your actions, not what you say, but what you do. You're right, John. You you nailed that right there on the point uh, on the on the head there. So that is so. Well, correct. speaking about nailing things on the head, we wouldn't want to throw eggs to someone's head or nail those on <laughs> on on the head. But our next guest actually talks about the eggshell effect. Now, this is going to be a really interesting guest because he actually, from what I understand, uh, because I actually read the book from cover to cover, he went through a lot of these challenges. And I'm going to get a chance to talk with him about this book because this book was absolutely 
amazing. Uh, Joel Hulk uh, is a learning disability energy coach and his passion for life and the way he um, puts to market his book called The Eggshell Effect, uh, which uh, released not too long ago. It's a great book. And this is a person that is trying to help people understand the challenges they have and what they can do to, you know, move on and have a better life. And just the way he does it, when you think of eggshell effect, what exactly is that? Well, we're going to learn in just a moment. Please help me welcome tonight to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, Mr. Joe Hulk. Well, hey, everyone, it's John C. Morley with the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, and I'm here with another great guest, Joel Hulk, uh, who is actually uh, the author, I'm not sure if you guys can see it here, of the Eggshell Effect book, which is a quite amazing book about his journey in life. And uh, I just have a, a, a quick question for you. First, welcome to the show, Joel. Thank you very much for having me here, John. It is my pleasure. So the eggshell effect, when I think about eggs, I know making scrambled eggs or omelets, you always got to be pretty careful about them, right? Uh, but if you do the right thing, you tend to get a good meal. So just share with me. I'm sure there's some inspiration. Where did that title come from? Sure. And actually, we, we will talk about the eggshell effect now for uh, from a completely different point of view. This is not the view of, of, a, of a meal or anything. This is actually uh, the way that the actually the name came together uh, when i was 10 years old uh, i grew up in israel i grew up in the kibbutz i grew in the kibbutz is a farm living uh, environment uh, and as a kids we always work we we always work there from I, I i from the day that i remember myself i remember working and i was 10 years old and at the time i was working in a in a petting zoo we had a petting zoo and in the petting zoo we had a shed where we had all kind of animals that were living in the shed. And we also had an incubator for eggs that were abandoned. And at that particular day, I was working and cleaning the floor. And, and all of a sudden, I saw in the incubator, I saw a chick trying to break to the eggshell. And I was fascinated by that. This was an amazing uh, view to watch, uh, a really life beginning. And as I was watching, all of a sudden, the chick stopped moving. And I immediately reached up with my arm to help the chick to break the eggshell. And luckily, the, the gentleman that was supervising the kids to make sure that we don't hurt ourselves and hurt the animals happened to stand next to me. And as I reached with my arm to help the chick to break the eggshell, he immediately grabbed my arm and said, don't do that. And I looked at him and I said, why not? Because I really want to help the chick. And he said that the chick, <coughs> excuse me, have to build his muscles inside the eggshell by breaking the eggshell to be able to survive outside the eggshell. Now, what is this got to do with the story? What is this got to do with the book? Is that 35 years later, when I was 45 years old and when my life at the time occur is falling apart, I want somebody to reach out and to help me. I want somebody to reach out and to fix all my problems. But it was then at that moment that I realized that in the same way, like the chick 35 years earlier, it was for me to break through 
and all the eggshell that I build around myself throughout all my life to protect myself from myself, to protect myself from the world, to numb myself, to, uh, for me, it just was basically to build an eggshell to protect myself from everything. Now, what happened when I was 45 years old, as my life fell apart, this eggshell became a liability, became too small. And at that point, I had to had two choices. I was the only one that was able to break this eggshell to myself. So this is really where the name of the book came from. And it's really it just how my life has been evolved. And it just, for me, makes so much sense. That us as people, we're just building walls. We're building eggshell around ourselves to protect ourselves from everything. You always hear the phrase, a lot of people say this, you know, uh, I don't want to be around that person. It's like I'm walking on eggshells. But uh, I guess a lot of times, you know, it's not the person uh, that's walking around them. It's the person that really needs to do the work uh, that you're afraid of. That's the person that really needs to uh, adjust themselves. And when we're thinking about, you know, cooking in the kitchen. But I just love that point in your book where, you know, you you just come from your heart with a genuineness to want to help that baby chick. And then, you know, uh, that person just kind of takes your hand. I think a lot of times in life, you know, we get opportunities and other people come in to try to help us, which I think is great. But a lot of times, like you're saying, Joel, we have to learn these things on our own. Uh, you mentioned, you know, building the muscles of, of the chick. Uh, but I think a lot of times it's also building the muscles of our brain, whether it's in finances or it's in relationships, which we'll learn later. Uh, it's really about developing ourselves. And uh, the other question I have for you, you know, with coming uh, to writing this book, uh, you had challenges in your life. And obviously that that's what made you, I guess, want to write the book. But what I want to ask you is you talk about something really remarkable in your book. And I'm not going to share the whole book because we want people to read it. Uh, you talk about a gift from your father. Can you share a little bit about that and maybe how that relates to some of our lives? Sure. Uh, so, so what what happened when I was 45 years old and as my life fell apart and just to give a, a, a context to the conversation is uh, my mom passed away and a week later um, I came back home. I, I was in Israel as she as she passed away, and I had the privilege to be with her for the last week of her life, and I stayed there for a week after. And I came home, and the following day at the time, uh, my wife say I'm leaving. So within a week time, I lost my mother, and I lost I lost my wife. And I ask myself the probably the most important question is how did they get here? And for me to understand this question, I had to go back in time and really going to understand what happened, how my life turned up to be the way that it is, how I end up living in Pittsburgh, how did I end up having being a single parent, how did I end up having a business that I really not did not enjoy on it, I actually end up having an autoimmune disease, like what happened, how did life work out that this is how my life ended up to be, and I had to go back in time and go back in time. And there was one point that I actually was uh, struggling to um, st struggling to sleep, struggling to eat as, as I lost my mom and as I lost my wife. And I went to an acupuncture. And in the acupuncture, uh, actually, uh, he, he helped me to relax my mind and just to be, be able to just slow down for a second. And at that moment, um, 
a clear vision of my father showed up. And I remember the first thing that I told my dad is that I'm sorry that I abandoned you. And my dad at that point passed, uh, it was five years uh, when he passed away since that point. And this is the first time that I had any interaction with him since he passed. And for some people say this is completely out there for me, it just was as real as I'm sitting in front of you and, and talking. And, and his response really what changed me for anybody that is a parent and listening to this, when our kids telling us, I'm sorry, generally speaking for me as a parent is, sure, I forgive you, I understand. Uh, but my dad actually taught me the best lesson that I could learn is that he did not say, I forgive you or I understand or never mind, or you don't have anything to apologize. His response was, I know. And the fact that he actually answered, I know, what kept kept me into the conversation is, why even I told my dad that I'm sorry that I abandoned you? Why even I occurred to me that I abandoned him? Where is the word abandonment even showed up in the conversation? And that the fact that he really did not closed the door, just kept the door open, but saying, I know, eventually led me to the self-discovery of myself of how much fear of abandonment I carry on. There was no an accident that I actually told my dad, I'm sorry that I abandoned you because the fear of being abandoned always showed up. And for people that are afraid to be abandoned, they have an equal amount of fear to abandon other people. So, so, so it's just going hand in glove and, the, and, and the, the doors that open up for me from the fear of being abandoned just tremendous as far as my, my self-healing journey. This reminds me of something pretty remarkable. You know, a lot of times you might hear people say, you know, don't burn any bridges. And sometimes people aren't at the same point in life that you are. Uh, I don't say that to be better or worse than anyone. It's just that they're at a different stage in their life. And I know throughout the book, you were at a lot of different stages in your life. And if we are not open uh, and we're not patient, you make another good point in your book, and it's in chapter um, 18, mm -hmm. Life as a Journey. Uh, there is no destination in life, even though we all want our destinations. Life is just a continual journey. Can you maybe share a little bit about that, Joel? Sure. So... There's no accidents and everything is connected. Now, the challenge is that when we're living life from fear, and, and, the, and the, the subtitle of the book is My Journey from Fear. When we're living life from fear, we're living life as need to be calculated, that need to figure out what the next move, that need to figure out what is the next business move, what is the next relationship move, how to parenting, how to grow the business, how to do, how to make more money, how, 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 me, 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 how can I get more? But when we're focusing on life from that point of view, there's always winning and losing because if your goal is to get to 50 and you only got to 40, you, you did not accomplish your goal. But if there is no accidents and everything is connected, then there's really nothing bad happened because it's all part of the journey, part of the education that we're learning about ourselves. At that point, what we can look at as, as a loss, we can actually look at as a lesson. What can look as a pain is an opportunity. When I felt the pain of losing my mother and losing my wife in the same week, 
at the time I could look at this and probably in the beginning I did look at this as why me, how come it's happened to me again and this was not the first marriage that I actually that fell apart for me but this is, was actually also an opportunity for me to grow and to learn. When we're relating to life as a journey everything is part of the journey. Everything when we grow, everything that we learn, everything that we experience is just part of the journey. And the beauty of the journey is that there is really no destination. The purpose of the journey is the journey itself. So the beauty is to enjoy today and to get the most out of today. Because if we're living on the de destination, we're not experiencing today, we will be happy when we get there. We, we will always be happy. want to be grateful for the moment, be grateful for what we have, be grateful for the present. And this uh, brings something very interesting to mind. When I uh, got out of college, uh, before I became an entrepreneur and then a serial entrepreneur, I got my first job uh, while starting one of my companies uh, just a year before I got out of college. But I was only running it part time. And I got a job with a government agency. I thought it was me the greatest thing in the world. And I was with them for a few years. And they weren't treating me the greatest, but I didn't care. I just liked the experience. There were some people that were nice. And something clicked in my head just before I was about to get vested. I was like three months before I was about to get vested. And something clicked. And I went to the HR department the day before the Thanksgiving break. And I went in to see the lady and I said to her, I just want to say thank you. She's like, oh, you're welcome. I said, no, I want to say thank you. She's okay. I said, no, I want to say thank you uh, for helping become a better version of myself and for helping me to help you become a better version of yourself because this is the last day of uh, my employment here. And her jaw just like dropped. And everybody in the office was all chattering and they all just went silent. I finished up my work that day. I went home and everybody didn't know what to say to me. And I said, it's okay. I said, don't worry about it. I said, thank you all for helping me become a better version of myself. And I hope I've helped you on your journey to become better versions of yourselves. And these people thought I was nuts. And that's when I realized that Everything in our world, Joel, I guess, happens for a reason. Like you said, there are no coincidences. Yeah. And so if that didn't happen, I would have never got on my journey. Uh, something happened a few years ago that might, people might have thought of as not being the greatest thing. But if that didn't happen, it wouldn't have kicked my butt to get into gear to become a serial entrepreneur. So I think there are reasons. But sometimes, I guess, Joel, they're not easy, are they? Like they're challenging. Most of them are not easy. The ones that are easy, we don't really experience and we don't really remember. The ones that are actually causing us pain and suffering, this is the ones that we learn the most from. Now, I'm not suggesting for anybody to go and cause suffering and pain for themselves. <laughs> don't worry, it will show up if you want it or if you don't want it, it will show up. It's how you handle that. What is how you, your relationship to the pain and suffering. If your relationship to pain and suffering is why me and I'm always getting um, circumstances like that and not, nothing ever worked for me, 
or even people start mm -hmm. to numb themselves, you know, start people start to use substance, start, people start getting picking up bad habits to be able to numb this pain. Then we're skipping the opportunity and the lesson that we have. The learn. universe is going to keep playing a lesson I've learned, whether it's a record or whether it's a song, but that lesson is going to keep playing again and again and again and again in your life until you learn it, isn't it? My experience and my and my and working with people, I see it again and again and again, is that we, in the beginning, we're getting a little bit of pain to learn the lesson and we don't learn it. And then we're getting more pain just to be able to pass this grade. And if we don't learn it, eventually the pain will be so much that we will have no choice but to learn the lesson or not, because not everybody learning the lesson, but the, those that do, they're getting so much value out of learning the lesson. And instead of relate, it's really a relationship to life as a life of a journey that will be allowing you to experience things that are not pleasant and understand that this is part of the journey and there is a bigger picture and there is something to learn and there's an opening that actually can show up once we learn the lesson. Now, I never wish anything bad or want pain on anybody either, but I sometimes believe, Joel, that you know, when sometimes things happen to them or they go to the hospital, again, I never wish this on anyone. I think sometimes that needs to happen. And it's because their life is going and they're like this hamster on a wheel, you know, just going around and around and around and around. And something needs to say, okay, we got to stop, stop, stop. And everything, it's like the world suddenly stops. And when that happens, people are like different. They're more humble. As much as people are not crazy about this pandemic, I have to say it was a blessing. And people will think I'm nuts. But the reason I say that is, and you probably can agree with me, people are connecting more with each other. People are becoming more compassionate, except for the ones that will knock you over if you take the last uh, you know, bag of potato chips or, or the last uh, – Toilet box paper. of paper, toilet paper, toilet paper, or or, or, or bounty uh, paper towels, the big rolls that are on sale. But most of the people, Joel, I've been seeing are really trying to become more humane. Uh, you know, bringing out that quality that I think has been missing for so long. And you know, there's always going to be people that are not. But I feel that this is something that when you talk about, I don't want to say a near death life experience or something that is really uh, quite traumatic that stops someone's life. It doesn't kill them. It doesn't put them in a coma, but it really causes them to pause. And I think the pandemic has done that for everybody. It's given them a free card to pause for a while. The danger is I think some people are holding that card and they're not ready to go, even though there is not really a big danger anymore. I, I, I agree. And this epidemic definitely changed the way that a lot of people see the world. Now, now we, we have to remember, first of all, that obviously that our hearts going to all the families that lost loved ones and, and the people that, that got sick and people still battling with that. So, so we cannot, uh, I mean, we have a responsibility as human beings to really get connected to that as, as an individual uh, because I, I know multiple people that passed away in the last year from the COVID and people that got sick. So obviously our heart is with these families. 
but as a whole, as a, as a, as a, as a society, we basically hit the reset button. It's, it's people, I often people say, hey, I can't wait for things to go back the, the way that they used to be, the way that they used to be. I really hope that we will grow from here to become something new. I hope we will not go to be back the way that we used to be. If you think about it today, people sharing more time with their families, care about their parents, care about the kids, parents becoming teachers for the kids instead of sending the kids to school. They involve in the kid's life. Now, does it bring challenges and it bring a uh, new opportunities absolutely it's not easy but what being developed it's not all bad even you and i john we, we met through multiple zoom meetings that going all over the world that people are getting connected we are in a social distancing uh, society but we actually uh, we socially became much closer today i work for the last year i actually expand my coaching business all over the world that prior to COVID, it was only people that live in Pittsburgh because I thought that the only way for me to work with people is to meet with them one-on-one. -on -one. Today, I can meet with them one-on-one -on -one all over the world. So, so there's opportunities like anything else. There's an opportunity. There's some people that suffer and, and businesses that suffer that, that we cannot be uh, called for that. We, we, we feel that. But there's also great, great opportunity that... Um, to create something new here, to create a world that will be a better world that we left. If we're going back to 2019, like nothing happened, there's no purpose for what happened. I think that my my, my belief and my hope and my goal and um, as a society that we will grow to become something better than what we left. I, I hope for that too. I'm also a responder and a volunteer. And so I know my heart goes out to a lot of the people that lost their lives as well. And uh, I feel it's very important. I take it as not uh, something that I'm told to do, but something I want to do to protect others and myself. I get tested every two weeks. Now, some people think I'm nuts. I still practice all the protocols, but I just feel that, you know, you need to really be cognizant of what's going on. You know, I love one thing you do in your book, Joel. Mm -hmm. And after every chapter, and I haven't seen this from an author in a very long time, you actually, at the end of each chapter, uh, basically have, if you will, uh, a passage and what you call an invitation to reflect, which is maybe uh, maybe one, two or three paragraphs. And it gives you a chance to stop and just listen. And then also after that, which I think is really nice, you have invitation to reflect notes. So after you've pondered for a few moments, you can actually uh, jot down some of those things. Now, you talk about something else very interesting in your book. Uh, you are not very much uh, into spiritualism. Uh, I'm a Roman Catholic. I've always believed in Jesus and in, and in my religion, and I, and, I, and I volunteer. Talk to us a little bit about, I guess, if someone uh, right now wants to have a conversation, regardless of who their uh, believer of who the creator of this world is, uh, what is it they should do, he or she should do, to have a spiritual conversation, to have the kind of connection like you did? They're all not going to go to somebody to put needles in their ear or their back. They may not all do that. So what can somebody do? Because we talk about meditating, but some people just don't get those signals or they don't get those voices. Can you give us any insight to help people that might be really new at this? So, so... We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. 
We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Again, we have, my, my invitation is to anybody that chooses to, to do the work for themselves, if they choose to, to read this book and, and really worked on the invitation to reflect, uh, this book is an active book. And this book is not really book to share. Uh, most people sharing books and, and, and it's a great thing, but this book is really, in the end of each chapter, there's invitation to reflect. And then there is for the reader, an opportunity to write their own story and, and on what they got out of this book. I, I think that the way that the book is designed is designed in a way for people to look within themselves. And the big question is to ask themselves, how did they get here? And make no difference. You don't need to, your life to fall apart to be able to ask yourself this question, how did you get here? And maybe your life did fall apart. Maybe it's worse than my story. Maybe it's a different story that you have, but your life is unique because it's your life and your story is unique because it's your, your story. For me, getting connected spirituality, it was uh, it, it was part of my survival. I had to look at something. I had to feel something. I had to, to be able to know that this is something bigger than me, that this is not over, and this is um, just got to continue. Now, growing up in Israel, it, it, Israel, it is a Jewish country, and, and growing up as a, um, in the Jewish culture, uh, spirituality and religion are two different things a and and my opinion that I had about religion was a completely different uh, experience that I actually I confuse religion and spirituality now some people using religion to be able to connect to spirituality and it's great for me it did not work for me my life had to get to a point that I had to seek into the spirituality and the invitation is to, I think that the easiest way to start to tap into this is start to meditate. And if you can meditate for a minute a day, and there's no right or wrong way to meditate. Now, obviously today throughout, uh, you know, to the, to the, there's many apps for meditations, there's many uh, on YouTube, uh, different ways to meditate. But if the meditation is only for a minute or two minutes or three minutes, whatever it's work, and surrounding yourself with people that have what you want and willing to share it with you. And, and this was a big thing for me in my spirituality because there's a lot of people that have what I want, but they're not willing to share it with me. But for, for, you, for anybody here is to find somebody in, in, in their life, to find somebody that's willing to share with them what they got. Uh, obviously, I'd be happy to support anybody that's choosing to, uh, to get my support uh, to really to grow into the spirituality part. But I, th I think the first thing is really to meditate, to start to meditate a day, a, a minute a day, two minutes a day. Just keep growing. You, you cannot meditate wrong. You, you, can't, you can't break anything. I started meditating many, many years ago uh, without my whole long story. But uh, when I first started, it was very short. And now I've done it 
for probably around, I take a walk every day. Today I won't because the weather's not so great, but I usually walk for about an hour a day. And I have some uh, meditation music that I put on. And uh, every night I meditate uh, usually for about 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes a little longer, and sometimes in the morning. And I find that it just gives you a very warm sense of calm uh, that, uh, things that might've seemed heavy don't seem as heavy as they once were. Uh, any challenges that you're facing just seem like they are there, but they don't have a lot of energy. And, and the tip I have for that is that when you put less energy on something, whether that's physically or mentally, uh, it really takes a weight off the body. The, the, and we talked about earlier, uh, John. In actually, before we start the the, the broadcast, is a uh, is really about our subconscious mind, mm -hmm. and really where the the meditation work is in our subconscious mind. And, and my invitation for anybody that meditate for the first time is again: is there is no destination, there's no goal, there's no place to be, there's no place to go. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. And just meditate for a minute, meditate for two minutes, and just sit still for a minute and just whatever it needs to. And slowly, slowly, it will become like you say, you can you can walk for an hour and meditate. I, I can sit for I can sit for an hour and a half and meditate and I feel and it feel like a minute pass by. Yeah, uh, but, it seems like the time gets longer, but it's like there is no um, comprehension of time. Uh, a person I followed for many years, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he says uh, that when you focus on becoming no one with no gender, okay, in no time about nothing, you truly become someone because then that's when the world and the universe, infinite possibilities, have the opportunity to manifest in your life. And it's really something. You just have to literally just release everything and just let what comes to you uh, uh, no, i'm sorry <laughs> and, and to talk to this point obviously uh, dr joe is extremely powerful uh, person is that when we getting ourselves our own story about ourselves of who we think we are this is when we can become what we meant to be in this world uh, 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 but the limited is because we believed and we think again it's from a destination point of view that this is who we need to be to become x but it, well, this, this this is what the limitation on the same way well let's look at that that four letter word and it's a, it's a, it's not a bad word f e a r false evidence appearing real how many people really uh dissect that they just don't even think about that they just think about the word and all the things that they're going to think about, that other wise person once said, you know, you change your words, you change your thoughts. You change your thoughts, you will, in fact, improve the quality of our life, and that is what we want now. Most people don't believe that you need to get serious about the things you say and do. Have a journal. Oh, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. Well, then I guess they're not interested in improving the quality of their life for themselves and for others. This isn't for everyone, Joel. I mean, it's for a lot of people, but some people are going to become hamsters in a wheel, if that's your thing. Um, but other people want to have a life of purpose, of uh, creativity, 
of, um, let's just say, the ability to be uh, uh, persistent and a deliberate creator, while other people just want to be part of other people's chessboards. And although there's nothing wrong with that, you have to decide what you want. And I know, Joel, I'd much rather be a deliberate creator and create the world that I want and not be part of someone else's plan. Absolutely. And let's go back to the word fear. Yes. And and I know that my approach to fear is a little bit different and, and for, because I'm working with energy when I'm working with my own energy, when, we, when I work with people, we all energy, all of us. And part of our memories is our fearful events that happen in our life. And most of our life we're living um, unaware of what we're actually doing and we recycling experience that we experienced from age, from we'll talk about this lifetime. So from from age eight, from the first day in our life until age ten, most of the experience that we experience, we already recycling from that point of our life. And all of it is basically it's a reaction to fear. If we're looking at basically living life, most people living life as a reaction from fear. We're not freely choosing our life. We think that we're choosing our life, but the truth of the matter is just a survival mechanism from an experience that happened to us prior to age 10. In my book, we're talking about my dyslexia and we're talking about me have to stay uh, in first grade again, that at that moment, I, 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 my logic was that smart kids going to second grade and, and, and stupid kids have to do first grade again. And from that moment on, I live life as from that point of view. And I was, it was subconsciously just kept running and running and running. It's creating a relationship with fear because for as long as we will breed, we will have fear in our life. Now our fear level is changed as we grow and as we're becoming more successful and as we're becoming more in peace and as we're becoming a creating relationship, our fear levels will change based on our circumstances in our life. But fear energy will always will be there. Now, if we understand that fear energy will always will be there instead of avoiding and pretending that it's not there, it's let's create a relationship with that. And once we create a relationship with fear at that moment, the fear losing the grip on us and we stop reacting because we're actually acknowledging the fact that right now I'm afraid and right now as a survival mechanism, I will do one, two, three, four. And only at that moment when we realize that right now, right this second, I'm afraid, this is the only time that we can actually choose life. And energetically, we'll either go to choose. At that moment, most people will not choose to react from fear, but they can actually create from love. But if we're not aware of where we're sourcing ourselves from, we will always go to be in a reaction, 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 reaction. In the end of the day, in the end of the month, in the end of the year, in the end of our life, we say, hey, what we create, but we really create nothing because we've always been a reaction from an event that happened to our life prior to age 10. Look what happened with uh, Albert Einstein. Okay, there were all these stereotypes. And most people don't know this. Uh, Albert Einstein, very smart gentleman. Um, he actually had a learning disability. But people didn't start bringing that out to recently. And now what we're learning is just because someone may uh, take information indifferently 
doesn't make them a bad person, doesn't make them dumb. Uh, it just means that they take information differently and they have to learn it differently. And this brings me to a very interesting point, uh, Joel, and that's in our life, things are going to happen to you and I. That's going to happen and to strangers we know and to friends and loved ones. That's not the issue. The real concern is how you and I and people around us choose to respond to those situations. I think that's really the main, the main thing. Uh, we have time for just one more question. This has been really uh, remarkable, uh, learning about your book and uh, you know your, your journey. Uh, you guys definitely want to pick up uh, this book, which is called The Eggshell Effect. Uh, again, we're not going to tell you everything in the book. That's why you have to go read it. But again, be prepared when you read the book to not just sit down and read it. You know, be prepared to open up and just let the stuff flow into your mind. Because if you have a mindset that, okay, I'm against that, well, the book isn't going to do anything for you, and you're going to be judgmental. And, you know, this book is yours. No one's going to have to know you bought it. Okay, it's confidential. And you can read it, and it could be a personal thing. And, you know, we all want to improve our own lives, and no one has to know you're improving your life. That could be your secret. Later on, you can brag about that. But I have to ask you, Joel, with all this uh, thing, these things you're working on and with this great book that uh, you put together, what are Joel's uh, next plans? Is there another book in you or what else is down the pike? So, so it's been an amazing journey to write this book. It took me over over five years to actually write it. Wow. Uh, so so it and, and and it was ready to be published when it was ready to be published not a second not a second before that and now i'm continuing growing my uh, mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner my working i work with people I, i'm i have speaking engagements and and i really want to my commitment is to impact as many people that i can by touching their life by reading this particular book on my next book and, and the next book is probably this is where it's still in the work it's not it's not there yet i mean the first book took me five years i don't know if the second book will take me as long but it's really it, it's the actual effect and it's the journey the journey from money I see a lot because today I run multiple businesses and I'm working with a lot of entrepreneurs and I can see the fear energy that coming to people when they are talking about money and the self-awareness that they have about money and the self-feeling that they feel when they are successful or when they're not successful. Where is it coming from? Not everybody wants to make money. There's a lot of people that just happy to to make a living, but for those that are looking to become uh, uh, more wealthy financially, where is it coming from? A and if we can actually get it complete to understand where is it coming from, once they understand that, their possibilities to create 
wealth is much higher because they operating from a completely different source and they can get for, for those people they can read the actual effect my journey from fear now and they will get that if this is what they focus on they will get the value for that so they don't have to wait for the next book to come out but this is basically just to keep growing and, and making a difference in this making an impact i want to say different making an impact as many people that they can uh, all over the world well, joel this has been really remarkable you know like i said the journey really starts with you, and you have to make the decision uh, to take that first step. As one wise man once said, uh, you know, success starts by us all first taking our first step. And if we can get started on the journey, the second and the third step is not so hard. But taking that first step, well, that might take a little bit of courage, muster a little bit of faith. Uh, but once you take that first step, each step after is going to get uh, progressively easier. Well, Joel, this has been I, I, really I, I, let me just let me just tap into what you say for a second. Consider that the journey starts way before we are aware that the journey starts. The journey does not start when we are aware that the journey starts. The journey starts, it's like gravity, the law of gravity is effective 100% of the time. We don't need to understand that the law of gravity is there. It's there all the time. Right. And same thing with our journey. Our journey begins from the moment that we're born. This is part of our journey. And for some of us, including myself, I had to live for 45 years not aware that life is a journey. But this was part of my journey, not being aware. And for some people, they have the opportunity to basically become aware, and then there's different openings available. So the journey starts from the moment that we're taking our first breath on this earth. So once you take your first breath, that's when you have to realize that consciousness has started. And uh, whether you're aware of it, as Joel's saying or not, um, you know, the, the ride's starting. If you get on the amusement park ride and uh, you're not ready. Well, they're still starting. Uh, so make sure you got your uh, seat buckled up for the ride. But you better be buckled up for life, right, Joel? Because Correct. it's going to get going with or without you. Yeah. yeah. And once you open your eyes, you can't shut them off. <laughs> once the eyes are open, you, you can't. It, it just it, you can't. It, it's uh, it, it's an amazing, amazing experience. Well, Joel, thank you very much for your time. Is there uh, any information you'd like to share with our viewers if they'd like to reach out to you for more information? Obviously, they can get your book on Amazon, uh, and we'll put a link to that uh, at, the, at the bottom of the video where they can, we'll give you a link. You can go get the, the book. Uh, but is there anything else you'd like to share with our viewers? I, I mean, if people want to connect with me, they can go to drawhulk.com or to theactualeffect.com, and then we can get connected from that point if anybody... I'm open for conversation. I'm getting calls on a daily basis from people that read the books and and share with me their experience and what the opening for that. So I, I I'm I'm thrilled every morning to wake up and to see who's going to reach out to me. And it's just been a privilege to to be a part of people's life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Joel Hulk, uh, the author of the Eggshell Effect and My Journey from Fear. Uh, so definitely get yourself a copy of that. And be prepared because it might just change your life. Thank you so much, Joel. Thank you. What did you think of Joel's interview with me? 
you know, he has a, a very compelling book, and the the mere fact that he has figured out a way to break through the eggshells, you know, with the weapon of love, that's impressive. I love it. He just has this amazing gift. And when I first sat down to, you know, read the book, as we took away from this wonderful interview, you thought he was going to be talking about you know, maybe baking or, you know, being very careful. But really for our viewers and listeners, the eggshell effect, as we learned from the interview, was about him actually disturbing possibly the eggs of a potential newborn. And when someone right there by him kind of knocks his hand out of the way and says, what are you doing? you need to realize that if you help them when they get out, they won't have the ability to survive. I think that happens to us in life. If things are done for us, Marcus, that's why I believe we need challenges. We have to become stronger because if our parents or others do it for us our entire life, we're not going to have the skills, the mental fortitude and the ability to live our own. Yeah, that is so true. And just his background indeed says a lot about you know where he come from. So, and the, for him to put out just this information is just it, again, it's compelling. You know, uh, it makes you want to change your mind. He had so many challenges, and we'll have a link to his book uh, later on. Yeah, he had so many challenges that just blew my mind away. Uh, that he was able to just keep overcoming them. And, and like I said, when, when our site does get, uh, uh, the video gets published back to our main site, which will be in about seven to 14 days, we'll have a full transcript of this and a link to uh, this amazing book about the eggshell effect and how he just literally was on the edge of his life and he kept coming back. It is such a inspirational story. Joel, thank you so much uh, from the bottom of my heart for taking time and being on our show. Um, You've definitely helped so many people. I've learned a lot from your book. I've learned more than I thought I was going to learn. And I know you're helping people in all different walks of life uh, embrace the way to change and have better outcomes and to not do things that would harm your life or others. So I think that was just remarkable. Well, Apple is at again. <laughs> Apple and our good friends we know at, uh, at Tesla. And so this is a very interesting um, story. Elon Musk had something to say. He pushes a tweet out there. And then he actually retracts it. I'm I'm surely shocked about this. This is a rarity for him because rare is something he does, such as delete a post. Uh, he's an outspoken gentleman, from what we know about Mr. Musk, and for him to you know put something out there, yeah, I guess it it really must can spark up some uh, some controversy. I think the challenge is coming right now because it's getting a point where he has to put his money where his mouth is. And I don't mean his personal money. I mean his corporate money. 
And is Tesla able to be a $1 trillion company? Don't know yet. But the challenge is coming where people are seeing, here we have a car, and they say the car needs to be under someone's full attention at all times, but yet they say it's a self-driving car. So help me out with that, Marcus. I, I'm, I'm just a little bit dumbfounded. <laughs> you know what that sounds like? It really sounds like they're trying to trying to sell you on something that they haven't delivered on yet, and it it's it's sort of like part of the the promotional post that they normally do, and really, like you said, you know, um, Elon might have probably stuffed his foot in his mouth. And uh, decided like, okay, let's not, you know, get ahead of ourselves here, you know, because uh, we, we are still in competition. I think that it wasn't his decision to retract that tweet. I think it was his company or legal advisement. I just don't think Elon did that himself. He was given advisement to pull that tweet back. I really believe that. That sounds interesting. And that's very plausible as well. Uh, when you do, we'll that, never, we'll never yeah. know the truth. We, of we that. won't, <laughs> we won't know the truth of that. Well, listen, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we're at the end of another show. I don't know where these shows go, but we have some great guests coming up this month. We always have great guests. That's, that's no surprise. We have Dr. Granger uh, going to be talking to us about the COVID situation. Um, later in the month, we actually have uh, Paul Claxton who will be on. And at uh, more down the month, we have Kimberly Friedmutter, um, well-known um, internationally. And she is an amazing uh, person. And I'm going to get to interview her, which I'm really looking forward to. And at the end of the month, we have Chris Bordessa, who actually uh, wrote a um, National Geographic, um, kind of like encyclopedia, called uh, Attainable Sustainable. So we have a lot of great guests coming. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you have an idea for a show or you would like me to unbox a product for you, simply visit jmor.com, click on the reach out icon at the top right, and then go to the web inquiry screen and let us know what is it that you'd like to hear from or see on our show or possibly what would you like me to unbox? Again, remember, if you are applying to be on our show, it is of a non-sales nature, so you need to be providing value. If you're thinking that you're just going to uh, sneak on here and try to sell a product, well, that's what our advertising is for, but that's not for being on the show. We want people that are going to inspire others, that are going to get people to change their life and see things in an entirely different way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that uh, you enjoy your holidays, if you are uh, celebrating Easter like myself, if you had Passover, I, I hope that you had a happy Passover. Uh, have a wonderful time with your family uh, this weekend and friends and get together. Of course, be social distant uh, at those events. Uh, stay in your family bubble. This way next year, we can actually be in a larger bubble. <laughs> so that's uh, something to think about, but just be smart. Practice social distancing. Think with the head up here. Put your ego aside and realize that our situation is going to get better, but it all relies on each and every one of us. And unfortunately, Marcus, I guess we got to say goodbye until next week.
Bye, everyone. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Jay Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 888 That's IT support to 888 and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Remember, jmor.com. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.